They are angry that they are doing the road, so you must suffer that they are doing the road. <laughs> so you must suffer in traffic as and watch them do the work. They they want you to see it. Must you be understand? Daytime. It must yep. be daytime. But look at China. They work overnight. Overnight weekends. Their so priority is to minimize the inconvenience to the people. We would like to welcome our special guest today. Yes, and he goes by the name. Badi Bo, Rhodes Vivo. I'm the Labour Party governorship candidate for Lagos State. All right. Now, we would so like to give a quick disclaimer now. With This is an open podcast before anybody says anything. But yeah. at the same time, we also are expanding our reach. And thank you, obviously, for coming on thank this. You I know this is a busy time yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, with menisms, of course, for all of you that watch, make sure you subscribe to our um pod i said our podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, subscribe to our podcast it's true sir to our youtube you know we channel, say the same thing exactly to our youtube to our spotify to our apple podcast i mean just subscribe exactly and, and listen right so so yeah, of course like we do in menisms the first thing we always say is welcome and Thank also you. we give the disclaimer like look this is an open podcast mm-hmm. be yourself no embarrassing questions yeah everything so today's topic of course the t- today's topic is the lagos we knew now okay. These are two different generations sitting on the table here. One generation here, another, another generation, generation here. Yeah. So our perspective of Lagos is going to be different. And even through this, we're going to learn a lot more about you. Yeah. So, I mean, for starters, um, we'd like to know a little bit more about your background. Like, where were you born? Did you grow up in Lagos? And if you grew up in Lagos, what was it like growing up in Lagos during your time? Yes. Um, yeah, I was born in Lagos, Lagos Island. I'm from Lagos Island, okay. uh, indigenous Lagosians. Um, City Hall is built on our family land. Oh, um, interesting. So, yeah, so when we say actually, <laughs> wow. no questions that, that is us. Um, okay. But aside from that, Lagos that I know or I knew also is Lagos that my grandparents and my parents passed down to me in terms of what it used to be. Lagos State used to be a state where you could walk around freely and not be harassed or fear any intimidation you could walk around late at night go club hopping you know you could open your tap and drink water right you could go to hospitals and get properly treated right it was communities a lot of young people playing with playing football at the end of the day you know a very safe place it was not a situation where you had so many young men standing by corners the level of cultism now level of agrarianism now level of insecurity now that's not the case um legacy used to be a place that um that worked at a point as far back as 1966 legacy was ranked as one of the best cities in the world well, this is a fact mm-hmm. right and alongside london um, Cairo, it was on that list. In the last decade, Lagos State has been ranked as one of the worst livable cities in the world by the same agency. So you are looking at a span of depreciation of over 40 plus years, right? So Lagos State was once excellent, and that's why it's called the center of excellence, but it has not lived up to that name in so long. So in you saying that, it's very interesting when i don't know about you but when i talk to a lot of people that are older than me now even of the older generation now everybody always says the same thing lagos used to work lagos Mm -hmm. used to this while our generation now i feel there was only a short period we saw lagos working quote unquote because we're kids so some of the effects didn't really affect us Mm -hmm. but it was still nicer at least i don't know about your opinion but for me when i came to lagos as a kid i came to lagos when i was four for the first time mm. and it's the same thing when i was young it was very open communities mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. could walk to everybody's house mm-hmm. but and that was good for the first two three years then 
down the line that's when mm. lagos just started going low and low mm. and i feel like our generation none of us really have that many good memories of lagos mm. apart from our childhood i mean what, do, yeah. what about you yeah so um i mean i like that this topic is even because there's a lot of like hands-on experiences that you, you tend to get from stuff like this mm-hmm. right um so i grew up in Surrey. okay the tejo show well yaba mm-hmm. tejo show side so you know and those communities are very your your neighbors keep yes yeah, so right. and so it was very encouraging of a society where everyone just kind of you're not in the person's business but you are yes where your friend's child can't be having an issue and you just turn a blind eye yes. you know everybody is for everybody yes it wasn't the lagos we see now where it's like a, you mind your business and yeah. no more, or you're day, 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 day. right now why that transition to this we'll get to at some point right but i think um just even knowing that some of us have these experiences where lagos was better not necessarily the best state mm-hmm. but it still has its own problems like every other city would yeah. have its own problems mm-hmm. but it was a place where you could really comfortably call home mm. you know there's a way now that you, they ask you do you live in lagos you be like yeah, mm. i live in lagos mm-hmm. you know you kind of just like tuck it in there so it's not that you didn't That's say it, but mm. as opposed to then there was so much boldness to saying yeah. that this was your home you know so but i i really want to know more now see, let's 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 talk let's let's dumb down a little bit now and really go into some of those key experiences do, do you think you had any kind of experiences that till today you're like man when i think about that experience in lagos it just kind of I, i'm still wild like maybe an experience with a thug while you were growing up or even an experience with downfall you know just something that you think you can pin on that you think is something other people in lagos can really relate with well i mean it, it goes to a lot of it is about insecurity okay you know a lot of it is about a system that has been set up to collect Mm. So, it's a situation where even as a young person, right, there was a time where I remember those ritual killings where like like a thing, thing, yeah, and there was whole idea that if someone taps you, you start following them. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So, so to give a quick disclaimer now about us now. So he grew up in Lagos. I grew up in America. So the only time I came to Lagos was when I was four to six. So even a lot of that's why I'm even just learning. So I'll give more butcher. So he said there was this thing that went on then where if somebody just touched you, maybe a mad person touched you, you lose your private parts. Uh -uh. So in fact, if they touch you, you kind of have to just quickly check and be sure. This was a thing. This was a thing. So it's actually real. So so it's hard to still say. But let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I think this happened maybe seven years ago. Okay. I was in That's Lagos, yes. I was in Lagos Island. And a wedding was happening. And there was a very nice M-Class Mercedes. And it just zoomed away. Like, I mean, you know Lagos Island is it's very, very tight. tight. Yes, it's very, yes. It's very yes. So when someone just zoomed away like that, people were chasing him. And we're saying that, what they were shouting was that the guy touched somebody and his dick has disappeared. Oh, wow. my goodness. So, this I saw. This was not somebody, somebody told it wasn't me. here, say, yeah. I, the car was parked here. The car was right. The uh, the blue, it was a blue M-Class Mercedes. Yeah. It just zoomed away. And people were coming out of the event and they were and just running after him. And yeah. they were, they literally ran after him. Wow. So, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go and check. <laughs> 
the guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! So you that's, know, so that, that's, that's something, that's something, something that, that I remember from childhood. You know what? Now that you've brought because there's there's so many. Even the ones where they tell you if you if you pick money up from the yeah, floor, I know that. Yeah. I you that turn one. to yam or turn yeah, to you know. Yeah, and and these these were things that even though they were sometimes fables or sometimes just you know superstition and whatnot it was still stuff that kind well, of wait, kept there's us also something like the agbekoyans i don't even know okay, about yes, the agbekoyans what's that no so it's a community or society of hunters mm. um and the farmers hunters they're usually in the kurdu the rural areas yeah. of lagos and so they have their community and they used to be engaged as security men mm. right so agbekoya was not necessarily carrying gone Right, but you know when one Agbekoya is in one area, everybody just knows to calm down. Right, he just put his lantern on the road, and, and that was that was indication. Oh man! So there was a point where, if you remember, you just see that you wake up in where someone is sweeping the compound with broom. Yes, yes. Right, so mm. the person comes to steal, but ends up sweeping and sweeping till till daybreak. Now this happened. Right. right, because I know it happened to my neighbor. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it happened to my neighbor. This was this this actually was was real. So yeah, I remember yeah. those are some memories. Like when that I think actually, about it, yeah. like the interest, like how Lagos, the kind of things that used to happen. Used to happen yeah, because <clears throat> someone was even asking me that. Oh, did I ever go to the experience of? So we had this thing as kids where you get a, a used tire, maybe a used mm. bicycle tire, get a curved hanger, and that was our racing vehicle. Yes, you know, it, it, four or five guys, you guys would line up on the road, on the street. Just, I've heard about yeah. that. Yeah. And then you just start doing your thing. It yeah. was always preferably in your underwear yes. for some reason. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why, but it always was. So funny when you guys, I mean, even I tell people the two years I lived in Nigeria from four to six mm. is actually what shaped my whole foundation. Oh, so wow. my grandma is actually the one that brought me from America because okay. my parents were divorced then. So she's like, come and live with me. Yeah. So my grandma runs a big school in Nigeria. Yeah. So I used to just be around all the communities. But even in that period I was there, I say, I tell people living here for those two years, one, this is tough we'll talk about, but I feel like one, the education then like really made me advance yes. in just those two years. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. when I came back to America, it was like, yo, this thing is the yes. last one. Yeah. Yeah. Two, even it's funny how, like you said, the community feel. Because a lot of the boys I grew up with, some of them are still my friends till today. Mm. And then something I remember, I don't know if trying to remember, but is it me or going to the island back then was like an adventure day. Oh yeah, yeah. it was. It, it was. was. Okay, no. I wanted to make there sure was no it was because yeah. I remember back in the day, like we was one time we went to the island on the bridge, and yeah. we, my my uncle showed me an old video of us in the car, and you see us like, oh, we're going on an adventure day, and I'm yes. like, wait, to island? Yeah, because yeah. because you know no what? Because, because it was mostly just parcels of land. Yes, it was just land. empty land, trees here and there, some roads not fully done properly, you know. Mm. So it was. But there were some establishments that were already running, like the Alpha Beach, for example. Alpha Beach had been there for time. And yes. so people would come from Surulere, come from Ogudu, come from, drive all the way to mm. Bar Beach. To, Bar Beach yeah. So is it a case Alpha that Beach everybody, so a lot of people in Lagos now from their primary days, is that a lot of people actually all started on the mainland? Because I started in Adeni Jones. Then we no, moved there, to Alpha. Or was there the island already back living, in the day? There are people living in Yaba, there are people living in Nikoi. Yes. The people live in Victoria Island. Oh, so those already established they even were, back they, in the day. So if I let me tell you, right, so Victoria yeah. Island was even zoned for residential. Yes. So in fact, anyone then that lived in... So now, I mean, now you can almost hardly find people who live in Victoria Island, per se, except yeah. they're like high-end or a recently done structure. Mm-hmm. Most of the old buildings were converted to offices and whatnot. But yeah. VI at the time, even up until my high school days, was still like a residential area. Wow. Yeah. So... People would come, so people lived in the VI, the Ikoi, the Lagos Island, 
Yes. People living in those zones yes. a lot. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so, but yes, a lot of a lot of people who live on the island now move from the mainland, basically because mainland was more residential. Island wasn't fully developed. You know, yeah. there was still there was still so much expansion going. On. I mean, yeah. now we have Ajah. Now we have uh, exactly. those places weren't there at, as, the at those times. Yeah, so, so, so even to so like going on this point now. So, let's say from that's primary school days. So, secondary school. Where'd you go to secondary I school? I went to ISL International wow. School, Lagos. Yeah, okay. SS three SS one. Rival. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's that's. I mean, when we talk about Lagos experiences, that's the kind of school you go to. What to was? Really I, I, can you let the things. people? So the, can you let the people know what I said? Because it brings back so much trauma. Because <laughs> I, so I played I played basketball. So okay. they sent me back to Nigeria when I was sixteen. Okay. So I went to school in the mainland. But ISL was one of our main competitors. I and I, every year, ISL had the biggest men. I have ever <laughs> seen that they will claim at 17, 18, but that's another story. Yeah. But you know. I heard stories about ISL, like, there's a lot of toughness in it. So, what was, like, back in the day now, because you know how, in our own time now, like, secondary school, like, school laws, in terms of students, will get better and better. But back in the day, you heard these stories. Yes. Well, you know know what's really funny is, I remember I would go, because when I wanted to go into politics, I went back to Unilag to get a degree in research and public policy. Okay. Mm. And, you know, ISL is in Unilag. Yes. Mm. So, sometimes I would drive past and I would see... I'll just look at the students and I realize these poor are children. <laughs> but then when you're there, ah! and then you're like, these are like the And you know, and you know the funny thing is that you see the guys in SS2 and this is how yeah, they look. Yeah, look, yeah, you yeah. like, man, those guys. And when you see them now, they're like, these are kids. <laughs> and do you feel, so, let me, so that was said, like, how is it for you then? Because I feel even the secondary school culture in Nigeria has changed so much. I even, think so too. There was even a respect you had because of the size. Like, when you're in jail, when you see SS3 that are looking like men, there's already yeah. respect you have. So, yeah. how was it for you in secondary no, back I mean, then? I, I, well, I went to school too early, in okay. my opinion. I, I skipped primary six i started school very early okay. i mean i got into gss1 around what eight nine years old that's very early so it was it's a pride we'll get to that it was early <laughs> so so i i was bullied quite a lot mm, because okay. i i didn't quite really you're i didn't quite equipped. really i was you're not ready equipped. yeah you weren't i was ready. not ready and and with that also comes peer group influence mm. skipping classes all of that kind of stuff you know, and then the people that were in my class, a lot of them had done primary six twice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow. So you have a lot of older people yeah. that I was with. So, um, I mean, it was a good experience. I have friends that are still friends till today. Mm-hmm. You know, alumni networks that are extremely yeah, supportive yeah. on, even yeah, on this, even my on race. Okay. And we still have, like, lifelong friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel that the quality of education, like you said, really went down the hill. Yeah. Really went down the hill. I, I mean, like, even when you think about it, like, in my class in just one, about 50, 60 people in that class. Right? It was always a high number of yeah. students, yeah. 50, 60 people in that class. Um, like, 20 years before that, you see maybe 1 to 30, 1 to 40. And then in that one class, you have several arms, right? In ISO, you had violet, silver, crimson, all yeah. of that. So, yeah. So, um, but all in all, I mean, those, they're also... They're, they're good and bad days, mm. right? I, I, I was, I, I've been raised with a lot of love. And generally, bullies tend to target people that are <laughs> raised with a lot of <laughs> love. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes. wait, wait, let's, let's get some context. Um, so, 
now that you talked about how you were raised, yeah. what, what's your what would you say your family structure is like? Are you a firstborn? Are you I'm the firstborn. Okay, okay, so that means aside from the fact that you were raised with a lot of love, you still had a lot of responsibility. Yes, and I was I was raised to be that. Right. Mm-hmm. I was raised to be the person that takes the responsibility. Okay. You don't just sit back and be an actor. Okay. You you get involved. Right. I remember one time during that MQ. Um, remember they were protests June 12, all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was in Crystalline then. My primary school was okay, okay, okay. And I lived about like a 40 minute to 50 minute walk away from the school. And then the school shut down. Teachers were going home. Everybody was scared. And somehow I was able to rally all my neighbor's children. All of us. Right. Imagine we spoke, <laughs> led them as if we were crossing right. the desert to the house. So the parents rush back from school, go to the school, they can't find their children. You can imagine how traumatized they Yeah, they are. the panic. Or then yeah. they come back and they see their children at home. And they're like, ah, how did they come home? Granny Bob brought us home. Like, ah, who took Granny Bob to me? <laughs> <laughs> but my mother and my father in that point looked at it and talked to them and said, this is not a moment for you to be upset. Yes, something could have happened. Yeah. But this child took initiative. He could have just come with his siblings and alone left mm-hmm. else, yeah. and left everybody else. Well, he took charge and brought all of you home. So, and then they turned that. But and those are some memories. Okay, so I mean, so would you say would you say that that's? I mean, obviously, this is a behavioral trait that you got from being raised, right? Yeah. Would you say this in some way? Now, not just fueled your aspirations, but also the motive, because you know your aspirations and your motives would be very different. Yeah, I, I think it's even more than that. I think I think that I, I said to people joking that I think why are they touched for my family? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, no, no. And okay. I say this. What I does say, that mean? I say so this like because that, I say this because is. my grand uncle, mm-hmm. right? It was 22, 23 when he heard about World War Two, okay. right? And he read about what Germany had done in Namibia, right? And his thinking was that if Germany wins the World War, they will turn. Africans into that whole concentration camp thing. Like, it will not do well for yeah, Africa. Went, yeah. Guy went to go and register to be part of the Royal Air Force. He died bombing Nuremberg wow. in Germany. He did that at 24. So, this was, a, this was a young man that had everything in life. I mean, he was Silver Spoon Kid, elite of the elite in Lagos State. Uh, he had everything to live for. But, I think there was an idea then that if you are Elite, not in the way that people use, use that word now. now. Yeah. You know, now it's been it's been rubbish. Yes. Yeah. If, if you have that, then your your job is when the enemies are at the gate, you go and you meet are the them. One that you go meet the enemy at the gate, or you take the battle to the enemy. Yeah. Right. You, and you find that that's how it used to be. Look at someone like um, Habib Macaulay. His grandfather was some Jai Crowder. Mm. These were people yes. of the most yes. elite yes. of elite Lagos state of Lagos of Nigeria. But you see that he was one of the first people to go and start protesting. Yeah. <laughs> one of the first politicians, one of the first people to start protesting against um, colonial rule, tying himself to a light pole. You understand? That is what you do. Not to just be showing off with money and oppressing your people. Right? That's what elite has become illegal in Nigeria now. Right. The idea is if, if you are wealthy or you have money or you have some kind of status, you have to show, you have to, you have to put people down with it. With right? it yeah. Without the responsibility that's mm. supposed to come with it. True. So, yeah. So, um, I was going to ask you something. So, I mean, we know that you're an architect. Yeah. I think the whole of Lagos now knows. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. So, now, it's interesting the direction you've, you know, kind of spun towards. Yeah. From being an architect to, you know, now running for governorship. Yeah. So, tell us a little more about your 
architecture journey now was it was it was this something that you've always wanted to do and if yes how come then you know dive into this uh political okay so um i've always been interested in problem solving okay mm-hmm. that's the truth and then when after iso i left iso in ss1 and i went to a collective belang in paris okay uh, where i did my a levels okay. okay so i was good at science and art like i i did a levels in chemistry biology and math okay but i love poetry i love to paint okay. right okay and architecture with prayer with like you know, looking to myself, what's the thing that I want to do? Architecture felt like the perfect marriage between okay. science and, and art. Archi- okay. Yeah, and, and then I got into that. But even in architecture, I used it as a tool to solve problems. So, for instance, my thesis at MIT was about creating a communal network for waste management that okay. converted waste to wealth. Okay. Right? And then also I worked with Chinese government, urban planning for specific problems where you have a high-density place, they want to build up, but they don't want to lose community. Or I worked with the New Orleans um, planning department, American government after Hurricane Katrina, um, to be able to redesign the French Quarter, build an urban, highly dense building in the French Quarter, which is not really typical. But because of the low belt of... Yeah. Mm. So we remove all those people that are at um, risk yes, of, flooding of flooding to relocate yeah. them, but build it in a way that is still aesthetically pleasing and does not become like a ghetto. So I'm interested in those kind of problems. Right. I'm not someone that designs something for it to just be beautiful. Just be yeah, yeah, it must yeah. solve a problem. And that's what I'm passionate about. Okay. So even when I moved back to Nigeria, I got into affordable housing, okay. trying to use alternative construction methods to deliver... Uh, housing at 60% less than the regular traditional construction um, using containers, using modular housing, all that kind of stuff. So that's where my passion is. Um, aside from that, I think that architecture just gives me that creative outlet. Okay. You know, maybe because I'm Pisces. You know, they say Pisces <laughs> are very creative. So you believe in star science? Oh, yes. yes, yes okay. Yes. okay. All right. I have another. So I want to take it back a bit more for something you said about you know, the elites. Mm. Back in the day, there was a pride that was with that word elites in Lagos. Where do you feel that change started that the pride of being an elite or people took the initiative to really step forward for their country? Where do you think it started changing? Because there was a pride, I feel like you said, back in the day, in Lagos, there was more pride about being a Nigerian or yeah. going towards pol- pol- political rallies, all these things. Yeah. Even but now in this, yeah, exactly, yeah. but in this generation now and all, it's like, there's so much hope that's been removed from exactly. us. So where do you feel like that change started? I think I think it happened with the military incursion into mm. our democracy. Mm. I think that, that suppressed they, a lot of people. It suppressed a lot of people, but they started doing politics and putting people in position that were compromised. That right. they don't deals with, right? You know, so you started to find former drug lords that relocated where mm. now political kingpins or mm. people that you know there was a time where four one nine was the biggest. Yeah, mm. you find that some of the biggest four one ers were now governors and were in politics. Yeah, mm. right. They used that to get um, immunity from facing charges. So that then disrupted our values as a people. See, listen. See that story I told you of my grand uncle, right? Yeah. When I look at their Lakija family, they also had a son in it, right? They, you see, so when you look out, they, it was pride. My son is going to go and fight. Yeah. Do you understand? Right. Mm-hmm. So, and it happened all across. But so it's, it's all about, it was about the responsibility. This is our land, right? We are not going to take this, right? So, 
that needs to be restored. Now is a question of you know our values have changed. Obviously, like you said, people have hoped. Mm-hmm. They've been disappointed. They no mm. longer believe. Everybody's just hustling for themselves now, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. they feel it's not worth it to put the collective's interest above their own anymore. So let me just make money. If there is a portal, I'll buy a Range Rover. If there's no light, I'll buy a generator. If the education system is not good, I'll send my children abroad. But Nigeria always finds you. Look at us now. We are looking for cash. Do you have cash? The second question I had is what you just said about even a lot of us leaving Lagos. So you said you went to MIT. Yeah. So first of all, that's amazing. You know, yeah, even okay. the Nigerian, <laughs> the Nigerian, when you said MIT, I was like, ah. <laughs> you know, but we try to hold our excitement in. Yeah. <laughs> so what made you, so even with you now going to MIT, obviously I can't like everybody will pick MIT over Lagos, but yeah. why did you decide to come back? Because you just said it yourself. You did projects. You went to MIT. Anybody that's going to that school well, around the world, you I mean, sets. your life is already. But you now came back. So what made you come back? To, it goes back to what I said. There's something in the water that we're putting my food in that this house. This is already <laughs> in my father's house. All of us came back. Oh, so all of you went to school abroad. All of us came went back. to school abroad. All of us came back. Right. All of us. And was that my voluntary? Father, my father. Yes. Nobody fought us. Nobody said come back. My father said, "Listen, you are going there." To get skills to come back and make your country better, it was always clear, and it was not in fights. You know, it was not in fights. It was not a, you know, it's. Mm. I don't know what to, how to explain this thing. So that if that's the case, then that means Loki, MIT four years, correct? Three and a half. Three and a half. Wow. So that means at one point you are, you know, have you heard the term IJGB? Yes, no, I just got back. So yeah. was that a thing? So even relating to the yeah. question, was that a thing even back in your day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you come back during holidays yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you, yeah, you, you hang you out with some yeah. of your friends that weren't in the lag and right, right, all right. of that. I mean, yeah, it was always that summer, Christmas thing, and then yeah. guys were taking advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it hasn't changed. So it's always been <laughs> the same in every yeah. generation. So, so I think so I think so I think what 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 I think from what I trying to gather now, as much as our generations are, you know, slightly apart. There were certain trends that kind of started following through mm. after a certain time. Yes. So you see, now after the whole military regime and you know trying to go back into democracy, it had already spoiled. Yes. Right. Yes. And so that spoiling now kind of spilled over to. So I think the IGGB culture even started from. So you know you spoke about elitist and them now misusing that mm. power in mm-hmm. quotes that they yeah. now had. Elitist now started making use schooling abroad and achievements mm. that's coming back would make the locals look forward to. Mm. So, mm. like how we said, being taken advantage of, I'm sure you also felt that too when you came back to Nigeria. Even though I was an IGGB too at some point, I didn't live too long, but I was out two years, you know, and so in the, even in the times I would come back for a break, I still came to, I still looked in their eyes as someone who came back with yeah. foreign currency, came yeah, back yeah. with foreign exposure, came back with, I have more money than the next person. Even came though back, that's not... Came back feeling better. Exactly. But do you realize that there was a point in this country where you only went to school abroad because you failed YEC or JAMP? What do you mean? Like It was we, like a third option, sort of. It was it was the third option. It was the option where you were not smart enough to get into Nigerian university, so you had to go and school So it's abroad. like settling for less. Abroad or settling Pretty for much. less. Pretty much. Even though you're paying more. There was a time. Yeah, that's how it was. There was a time. Nobody wanted to not go to Unilag. Nobody did not want to go to Unsuka. Those were schools. They were great schools. You look right. at it as paying more because now the forex now is yeah, ridiculous. No, don't even then. No, dollar. No, okay, no, dollar actually it was at one point. Oh, yes, it was the same thing. Ah, it was God. The same. All that issue of you know what? Visa, like, you see, I said, 
so that means I always say so. That's why I said your generation and the older ones enjoyed of because course, the fact not, that it was I did one not enjoy that, but the older, the older ones like did. My father's generation, yes, my father, father's yes, generation. Yeah. So you could pay, you could pay that money in school in America because the dollar to naira was almost was one pretty to much one. yeah it was, it was pretty almost much equal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's that. And then obviously, so people will go to school, you know, maybe for masters. You mm. do their undergrad and they go and do their masters and that kind of thing. So it's a very, very sad state. Yeah, that we're yeah. In. So you, you mentioned something that, that really piqued my interest, which of course everybody in Lagos can relate with. And you said um, this was when you spoke about everybody for themselves. And so it's almost like, like a private problem solving. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, how do you think and this is us now gradually getting into you know the real gist of what we need to talk about as a state do you even think that is something that can be solved because you know it's a personal it's, it's, it's not a problem that you tell somebody to change and they change it's a problem that you have to within yourself understand that you have to give up your personal enjoyment so to say for the betterment of the entire mass because now you mentioned something like okay the portal there's a portal i'm going to be a range over as opposed to there's a portal let's gather people and fix this which was the lagos before lagos before you have a community there's a portal we're all coming together yeah you bring cement you Mm. bring this thing we patch it up and because it's our place it's our roads yeah we're risking our lives it's our lives Exactly, but now it is ah, the fixed portal. I might need to go and buy it. But there's also the idea that Lagos, you see, there's been a psychological thing that Lagos belongs to one man, mm-hmm. right? Yes, so that idea of godfatherism, yes, so that idea of our Lagos is no longer in existence. So everybody mm-hmm. just looking out for themselves, yes, yes, that's the first thing. But there's something deeper that I want to touch on, okay? You know, I, I go back to love because love has. I, you know, people will say it's a weakness for a man to be talking about love in politics because typically in politics, people are you must be you first. Aggressive. You should have a lot of money. Yeah. You should be aggressive. You should be mm-hmm. tough to go and fight the admirals. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why we have been living like iron benders. Actually, <laughs> in Nigeria, yes. right? Jack Conde had love, a huge amount of love. That's why he was able to deliver what he did in four and a half years. Love drives you. Love is one of the most powerful forces on earth. To mm-hmm. say. I must deliver this for my people, mm-hmm. right? People like Awolo, they had love, immense love for their people, right? And they're thinkers, they're gentlemen, they're readers, right? And that's why Nigeria was on the path that it was. And then you now find a situation where somehow, because the people that got involved in politics redefined the paradigm of what a politician should be, a reformed Agbiru is now in mm. charge of your yeah. politics. So now yeah. he has determined and refined and defined how a politician should be. And then unfortunately, the middle class, when I say middle class, I don't mean in terms of money in your account. Mm-hmm. I mean in terms of exposure, yeah. in terms of knowledge, in terms of what you feel Nigeria, how you feel Nigeria can be better. You mm-hmm. know, there are a lot of people that look at Nigeria and all they knew is suffering. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can't really even expand their mind that Nigeria no, can be better. There's no idea. So they'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. That's one set. There are not a group of people that are exposed. They know Nigeria can be better if you had better leadership. Yeah. But those guys for the longest time not participate in politics. They not participate in elections. So I have two questions from what you just said now. The first question is there are a lot of names you just mentioned now that were great leaders, but some of us may not know who they yeah. are. So do you feel like education now is really affecting the political of agenda course. since we don't know our history? Because yeah. I can even some of the names you mentioned, I didn't know about them because obviously not being here, but yeah. I had to like go out my way, go on Google. Google. But in school, I never was taught. Yeah, when I went yeah. to secondary school, yeah. SS2, SS3, never taught this. I think that's part of the Lagos we knew, Nigeria we knew. Because yeah. 
I mean, from from my primary school, we definitely did a lot of social studies, a lot of um, a lot of um, current affairs. Mm. That now, I mean, you had these little pamphlets that every single person needed to move around with. So you have one question, you quickly flip, flip, flip. It's a very small book. I can't even remember like the author and everything. Very small book. You go around with it. You know, they ask you what's the prime minister. You quickly reach into your bag and because everybody had pride in having this information. Right, as a primary three, primary four, little pupil, it was pride to know that you knew these things, right? So, but this started to dilute as you got into high school, secondary yeah. school, as you got into. In yeah. fact, secondary school there was there was just nothing like that. Yeah. Anymore. It was now was that, that same for your generation because that's yeah, our same. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it started I, to I, I numb feel, down. I yeah. feel that you know, and that's why I've campaigned heavily for the return of return of history to school curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's important, yeah. and even where, even though they say they have done that, we need to revamp it because you see, history is a means by which program your citizenry mm. and you show the values that you want to celebrate that you are proud of and you want to see more of and they can also show through history the people that you want to you don't want those qualities in your society again yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. why america europe they don't play with their history yeah and that's why you see them even the cheapest the white trailer trailer park whatever you want to call it that guy has one kind of pride in America in because of the history that's because of put the history in you. that they've put in them, yeah. right? And that's something that we need to look at. Um, uh, what's the word? We need to look at it and be very determined about it. You know, we need to be very intentional. That's the word, intentional about it. Um, but yeah, I feel that because so we, we have we ha- we have an identity crisis mm. historically, spiritually, and as a country in the context of the black man's journey on earth we are still a very lost confused people yes i mm-hmm. agree that. yeah agree. would you say and somebody said we're very lost because of the slave mentality a lot of us have that the brits put on us yes i think that we've not yet had revolutionary leaders that were so deep I mean, people like Zeke and Awolo were on that path. Yes, were. Zeke especially was on that yes, path I of agree. bringing an African renaissance. Because you, you, you need to know African history first. Because unfortunately, what the Europeans did when they came was to say that everything before them was bad, was evil. But these were things that allowed for us to have great empires. Yes. Mm. It was a cultural pedestal that we built everything. And it was built by us over time. time, You look at the Oyo Empire, look at the Oyo Mess, you see how they were able to remove kings that misbehaved or did not manage the affairs of the realm properly. They just send you a calabash with a pigeon or a pigeon egg inside. You have to kill yourself. Yes, you have it to was, commit suicide, was, and, co- your stand, 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 and your yeah. firstborns, all your sons have to commit suicide as well. So that entire line is gone. Wow. But before that, there was the Oboni that everybody says is evil now. But they're like the parliament, and they sit down with the king in secret because they cannot, you know, KBC means the one that is not questioned. Mm-hmm. Yes. But they were able to sit down with the king in darkness in a secret society where they could call him to question. Mm. Right. So meaning that there was still order. Regardless. Yes, there was order. It was a well-planned, well-thought-out form of government that evolved based on their own unique peculiarities. But now we are just copy-pasting America tomorrow, copy-paste Britain. Fact, I don't even, I don't even and think then the worst thing is, you look at the entire European Union, no state in Europe has the same government system. Not thank a single one. Mm. Thank you. This, this is a very important point. That Not you a single one. Because I was going to ask you then that. So, you know, we spoke about the lack of exposure which for me personally is one of our biggest problems yeah lack of exposure makes it so difficult for you to even sell a dream Hmm. right because 
you you can't someone needs to visualize your dream for the dream to even make sense yes imagine me saying oh you know i'm selling you a dream where we get in a place where the table just starts floating and we're having this podcast mid-air all of a sudden you, you still look at me like what do you get it? because that, that's not even something you're ready to visualize because okay what's the mechanics behind that it sounds yeah. like it's just magic mm. whereas if we come to a time where there are now floating chairs and if everything we do we do off ground yeah i can now begin to sell that dream because you have been exposed to that to it. but that lack of exposure just brings a cap to yes. whatever you can sell so yes. my question now is we know that a very large number of the people in Lagos and even Nigeria as a whole are not as exposed as we would like them to be. Yeah. And that's why you still have that our transport system sells, they, they will sell you a bit. And by a bit, I mean you set up bus stops and yeah. everything, but the yeah. downfall will still stop in the middle of the road. Yes. The bus stop is right there. Yeah. It will stop you in the middle of the road, cause the backlog of traffic. Yeah. The last man is looking at him, even waving at him yeah. because he's his junior brother. Uh-huh. And then we're back to the chaos. So what they do is they almost like they just throw you crumbs of exposure. Tokenism. Just the throw your cards away. government. My question now is how how do we how do you break from that? Because if you don't if they're not exposed, whatever dream you want to sell. And even before that, can board. you explain tokenism or what you just so said? So tokenism is a situation where your government is just focusing on throwing projects, not completing them, but the idea of a project. Even right? starting, yeah. A year or months to an election. They want to scramble and do projects. They do things to make headlines, but you don't feel the impact. But when it's close to the election, you start hearing about it. They mm-hmm. want to start selling you their health insurance. They're going to churches now. Why didn't you do that three years ago? Mm. Exactly. Right? You're, you're commissioning a blue line. You bring your whole president to commission it. I know for a fact that nobody used the blue line yesterday. I know that nobody's going to use the blue line tomorrow. Mm. So what was all that about? It's tokenism. Mm. As opposed to if you are genuinely passionate about having your people's lives better you will not even be your thing is not about the tokenism it's not about boy coming to come and sign it and just take joy ride when the people of lagos can still not use it in fact you'll be ashamed right and that's what i mean by tokenism just fragments like you said fragments of development but really the entire state is being run to aggregate resources to one man his family and his cronies so let me i want to ask another question now and sort of relating to what he said where the first question is, do you still believe there's a middle class in Lagos right now? So there's a middle class in terms of exposure. And that's where I was going to go to with this question. Yeah. I, I don't say there's a middle class in terms of income. There's a middle class in terms of exposure. Yes, obviously there are some people that are lower middle class. right? Some are upper middle class. But it's not really what a middle class should be. You know, middle class is supposed to be the largest Mm -hmm. section in that pyramid, right? But you see, in terms of exposure, I find that there are lots of exposed Lagosians. I can't speak for Nigeria. Because, you know, Lagos is a place where there's so much going on. I mean, Mm -hmm. so much opportunity. So much opportunity. Especially with social media now, people are actually seeing more. Yes, and just the level of innovation of young people making things happen. And with the internet now, like you said, you're seeing things. You're on Instagram, you're seeing what the Saudi... Um, Saudi Prince is doing. Yeah, therefore, I I saw that they, they are building um, a, a, a ski resort in the, in the desert. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to cut it. I, I can't. I can feel the pain. In the <laughs> desert. Told, and then you see the builders as an architect, almost like orgasmic, and you're looking at this thing like visionary leadership. Yeah, and not even the, the oil. The same the oil. Yeah, exactly. We have the same oil. Same, same mm-hmm. everything. Anyway. 
Let me not get too heartbroken. <laughs> no, no. It's the, point, the point I'm trying to make is that there are a lot of exposed people. Yeah. Now, the problem is the equation is not balanced because we've left politics and electioneering and elections to people that cannot afford to say no to that 1,500. Mm. Like when you look at that traffic every morning going to work, for Lagos to have the highest idea, it has a lot of productive human beings. It does, yes. And those productive human beings far outweigh the other ones and they also have influence over these other people so if they decided that listen we are going to participate in this election you are going to feel our strength they will determine who the next governor is you said something in one interview where you said uh, correct me if I'm wrong that's only like 16% of people yes. actually come to the between polls between 12 to 16 so even with that now the issue now for example that all of us a lot of young people are just going through now was getting your pvc i was going yeah. to come to that yes. so, so getting your pvc that. and even the um system now to get it yeah well what's your opinion on it and how do you feel like we can change that system that will encourage more young people to get it because like we were saying earlier a lot of us are demotivated to get it because you actually make the attempts yes and they make it harder I, and I think, harder I think and harder even just share my own personal experience okay. on getting my pvc right. so I mean, I'll be very honest. I I didn't have a PVC in the last elections, okay. right? And I think this is this probably applies to a lot of us in my mm-hmm. age range. Mm-hmm. We just always felt like, you know, this Godfatherism actually projected onto us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of felt like, mm, whatever. No we, we don't exactly. Winner, thank mm-hmm. you very much. Until we had uh, NSARS movement in 2020. Now the NSARS movement was fueled by a lot of good intentions. Yes. We even listed out our requirements yeah. that were very open for everybody to see. Yes. And so beneficial to beneficial a, to a lo- range of people. You know, and, and I think one of the ones I would instantly point out is the one about police increments in salary, yeah. after increments in police salary. And it, it didn't even make sense that the people we were fighting for were fighting All us. Right, you know? So, but let's leave that aside. But that fueled our need to now be a very big part of this election. So, I registered. I registered sometime, I think, in June last year or July. Yeah. And, um, of course, again, the registr- registration process was a bit tedious. But, I mean, I, you know, have it as it may, I ended up registering. Yeah. And so, they then tell you that they would let you know when your card is ready. So, of course, they pushed till December and, you know, they now started saying, oh, cards are ready, go to your local governments in whatever you are zoned at and then pick your card. Now, the problem with that was, like every other thing in Lagos or in Nigeria, huge clusters yeah. there were there were no provisions for the amount of people they were expecting to come yeah. to get their pvcs yeah. now of course this number has now increased significantly since the last elections yeah. because a lot more people don't want to be involved now fast forward to so i got my pvc about three weeks ago they had first told us to go to Ikata to pick it up and yeah. then from Ikata they sent us to ikate yeah. and i got to ikate and i think i got there at about 10 a.m wow. so they were supposed to kick off their operations at nine yeah. they, they, they said nine to three no problem a lot of us, a lot of us were there since six, seven. Wow. You know, I got there at ten because I went to Ikata first. Okay. So I got to Ikata Legoshi, and I tell you about four hundred other people were there. Wow. Right. This is just one day in the week. Yeah. This is outside of the other days that other people are also coming. And so they were taking a number. They were taking yeah. numbers of people yeah. that were trying to pick up PVCs. And when it got to my list, I think um, my number came to about maybe four twenty something. Yeah. Now that alone was enough to tell me I can't get my PVC today, yeah. I'm going back home. Yeah. But I said, you know what, I cleared my entire day for this. Yeah. Let's get started. Let's nice. see how it goes. Nice. I wanted to even see what pans out so that if I don't get it today, I know what to expect the day after. Exactly. And so I waited there. I had friends who were even volunteering. Wow. 
to help people read and those people didn't get their pvcs wow. so imagine me volunteering i spent my entire day so anyways i i, I was there from about 10 till about 4 30 wow. when they now so in fact she was saying by 3 30 she's closing yeah we mm. all said no yeah we're here for pvcs you must wait and yeah, exit yeah, you didn't yeah, start yeah, early yeah. enough exactly. you have to make up for those hours exactly. and so as about as about 4 30 now almost 80 percent of the crowd had left this is people who could not wait. They had offices to go of back course. to. They were they were only given maybe about three hours in their work uh, in their work day to just come out and do this. Yeah. So now that helped me because that decongested. I cleared yes. my own day. Yes. So as soon as I got there, about hundred other people before me had already left. Mm. You know. So I got to the front and before it got to my turn, I had met with friends who were far ahead of me. Mm. But then I told them, okay, you have your said no. They couldn't find it. Wow. So of course I already had that fear in me instilled yes. that yes. I hope I don't get there and also yes. have the same issue. So I got to the front and, you know, we had checked. So, of course, the, each card comes with the uh, tally numbers that they yeah. use to categorize them. Yeah. And so I checked my box category and the guy to check, he said, oh, I can't find it. I said, okay, let's check everywhere. Let's check somewhere else. He said, that it can't be there. Yeah. I said, bros, I'm not leaving this place without yeah. this PVC. Yeah. We now went to, so, you know, d- different tables with different attendants. Yeah. And so there was one other lady attending to several numbers that were not even anywhere close to my category. Yeah. But I said, bros, let's just check here. Yeah. He said, bro, you know, I said, let's just check. But of course, we see it or we don't see it. But yeah. let's check, please. You know, yeah. as soon as he went to that stack, the stack was even under the lady's table. Okay. She just brought it out, out of, you know, stacks that, oh, we've checked today. There's nobody that wants to collect yeah, this. Yeah. So she just brought out the stack. And next thing, just said, Ogunko, I said, bros, can you see? Yeah. So you see, like, what he if just I said didn't, now. If I didn't push this, you I would have, have. If I, he already told me, bros, just write your name here, you escalate. I said, bros, I'm not escalating anything. Hmm. If you think I can do this again tomorrow, it's not possible. Yeah, so you see what he just said yeah. now. It's like that point that you see it's already a system that doesn't work. And they do it intentionally every year because exactly. it's also similar to NYC now, for example. Something little as NYC, when you have to collect your folder and all that, it's yeah, scattered. It's, yeah. So something like a voter's card is scattered. Do you feel like it's intentional I believe that they it's do intentional. this? And how believe, can we change this? I believe this? it's intentional. You know, power is not served a la carte. And these people are scared yes. of this new generation. Yes. They're scared of this new generation that's demanding good governance. They've never been this scared. You know, normally they just use money and buy people's silence. Mm. And they saw that the money did not work this yeah. time. And you find that these young people have evolved. They said they don't have, they were not going to have any leaders in the movement because they've seen leaders be compromised. Mm-hmm. So they evolved to reflect the people that were protesting against. Mm. So um, ideally, as you register for your INEC card, you should get a reference or so it's a, a what's that so airway bill yes right mm-hmm. so they deliver and so you can track mm-hmm. it and they deliver it to you i mean even oh, if it has an extra cost we are ready to pay exactly you can give uh, when you go and do your visa you can either come there to pick it up or, or you they can deliver it, deliver it, to it you. yeah it should yeah. not cost them anything if you say people oh yeah it's only a form of revenue generation exactly that's, okay. that's my point i'm going to bring this thing to you mm-hmm. pay 1500 now 90 percent mm-hmm. of people pay of course because mm-hmm. that five hours that they are spending there is definitely worth the one five worth, i'm going to pay it's worth so much so more, much more. Than 1, even the transport to get there transport to go back home stress emotional trauma right mm-hmm. it is it, it's, it's, it's way more than 1000 so but you see we have a leadership that is visionless they almost make it seem like they're doing a favor by giving you the pvc <laughs> Or he's, he, that's the truth. They make it yeah. true like they're, they're doing a favor. And that is why I say, see, even if you don't get your PVC, find your friends that have it. Yeah. Beside the ones that sit down in their and house. Them. We yeah. must revenge. So you, what you just said now, like I'll say from my own side of PVC now. So personally, 
I didn't get mine, but yeah. I got about how many did we get? Sixty something or seventy something people Correct. to register. So we do parties and we did like yes. a few. Now the reason personally I didn't get mine this time because you know like I just moved to Nigeria yeah, 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 yeah. and personally there's still a lot I'm learn. I'm just learning uh, properly about the Nigerian elections and yeah. all. So even with when we see things now like from afar now you see ah to go and get your card is this yeah. is this yes how do so if that's the case now. I always ask this question about ever since NSARS, we've seen an increase in terms of the attention that Nigerians in the diaspora, are the millennials and Gen Z are paying attention to yeah. us. First question I want to ask is what's your thought about Nigerians abroad not being able to vote? And two, do you think it's p- possible still for maybe it's not this election, but the upcoming next elections that there's a way we can campaign towards Nigerians abroad to be coming home to vote. No, no, no they don't have to come home. They can vote from where they are. Yeah. They should be able to deal yes, with No, is it as in no, as in yes or no? Can we right now? If no, you're a no, Nigerian you abroad. Okay, okay, no, okay. okay. So, I didn't know that. No, you cannot now. Okay. But the idea is that's where we need to get to. Yes. The diaspora remits more money than what we make from oil. Mm. Yes. They are largest source of foreign exchange. How can you say they will not have a say on who is governing them? If you are talking about stakeholders, exactly. <laughs> these are some of the largest stakeholders, yeah. yes. wow. right? Exactly. So you know, so and you have such a huge population outside, so they should have a say. Yeah. But you see, when you have a government that is not doing what they are supposed to do and they feel threatened, they will not make these things yeah, feasible. They shut but every these avenue. Should be, I mean, America does it now. The army stacked outside. There's a point where they can even do early voting, mm-hmm. send it in. Yeah. You know, it's also a lack of transparency in the system. So they need to make, they need to design. I, I'm very happy with the BVAS. I'm very happy with electronic transmission. But it can still be deepened. You can still use innovation and technology to really deepen this thing. Yeah. So let me ask you one more, another question. Um, a lot of politicians, no matter what the party they're in, there's some that have come in. They're giving these talks about, hey, this is what Nigeria should do. This is what we'll do. This is what we're going to change. And for some that get voted in, because I don't like to say all, but for some that get voted in, the same things we were hearing in your manifesto in speeches like this, change. For somebody like you now that's running for governor now, how can you assure the people that if you were voted in now, you would actually keep to your policies of what you want to implement? Yeah. Let Let me give you an example. See... Even though I'm contesting against Sonwolu, right? I also feel bad for him. In the sense that he can have the biggest visions for Lagos State. But by virtue of the party structure that he is in, he cannot do a tenth of it. Look at what happened with Ambody. Ambody tried to transform the waste management system. He tried to do so many things. And look look at the way they removed him. A sitting governor. See how they disgraced, disgracefully removed him. And then the governor that came in as a beneficiary of that, of course, would be a lame duck because he would definitely not want to experience that, yeah. at least not in his first term. He might try to pull stunts, well, he's not going to get a second term because I'm running. But the idea, the idea, the idea is that, you see, that's why I did not join the APC. I've, I've started in Kowa Party. I, I ran under PDP as central candidate. I was, I was running for governor under the PDP things, agreements were made, they were reneged on, and I joined the Labour Party. So you see, this is a span of over 
eight years that's consistently against APC. Why? Because all these visions that I'm articulating, I know I cannot achieve them in the APC. Mm-hmm. Right? So the Labour Party, opposition parties, allows for the buck to stop at my table. Right? So the structure in itself mm, okay, would allow me work. Right? Right? And... Uh, and yeah, I think that's because if we, if I start saying no, I'm a nice guy, no, I'm a man yeah. of my word, mm-hmm. all that is talk. Yeah. But when you look at the practical structure that can allow someone to implement things, mm-hmm. then you see that you're better off in an opposition party. It's harder, you know. It's also you're not doing the whole thing of if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. But when you win, you truly have the reins of power. Right. So does that does that not sort of at times though? Because you just said how you switch from different parties, and some people we see that in Nigeria that some people switch parties. For people now that are watching these things, actions, these actions, does that not put a bit of distrust or what's the word I'm looking for? It's like you're not sure of the candidate because you see this guy that was in APC and you see how they've been moving. He was supporting them. He's now gone to PDP. Or this guy in PDP was backing the main person in PDP. Now he's in Labour Party. Now, so how no, does you, now you, give you, us assurance now as citizens now like, yeah. okay, you so, switching. So, so so that that question, you see, when you're looking at it, you're looking at the interest of Lagos. It's first of all against the ruling party. Mm. Because the ruling party has been ruling for over 20 plus years and they have put legal states in a state of mediocrity. And that's my primary purpose. Mm. That's my primary battle. Now, if you could say, okay, Badibo started an APC or after co-op party, Badibo went to APC at any point, then you can say, ah, okay, you don't really have, you see, I see, you are yeah. talking out two sides of your mouth. Yeah. But when you see consistency, Mm. Like that, you know that this person who is really does not like yeah. his party. Yeah. Fair you know, so so, so I think I think for just for Lim and of course we have to round up because <laughs> we really yeah, because of time. This is what we said about the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good um, so I mean for just a good proper layman translation, basically what you said is that you know. Labour Party makes it more enabling for you, makes yes. it easier because there's no Godfather, there's no there's hidden no, power behind it no that's going to call power. the shots. Yeah, so exactly. and that's that's fair. I think, I think um, in the end, people will vote on what is best for Lagos, hopefully, Six. so that we can actually make uh, more progress. So, last question, just to switch it up. Obviously, thank you for being with us, and at least for the people that don't know, again, you know, if you're in Lagos states, make sure you definitely go out to vote. Yeah. But we just want to switch up the question in terms of. You know, you're still a young, yeah. you're still a young guy yourself running. And how do you have fun in this Lagos? Because you know, in Lagos, Let's we know how we politics have. Now, like, now, like, like we know how we have fun as young men and yeah. all that. So you yourself now, how do you have fun? Be honest, though. This I, is know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You find it boring. The honest truth is, I, I like, I like reading, okay. sleeping. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, if you so don't find you you've boring, had phase, you've had your phase already. Oh yes, of the main I'm thirty nine. I'm yeah. thirty nine. Okay, I'm going to be forty next month. Right. I, I mean, I the thing, my favorite pastime was singing. That's mm. the honest truth. Okay. You know what's actually really funny? Where? Where did and you I'll, say? I'll say. I'll say this. You know, I did not go to MIT because it's like a really intelligent school. I went there because they are sailing. <laughs> what? <laughs> they are sailing club. So you, can, you elab- club. can you elaborate? I'm <laughs> so, so, so confused. So, right? so, so the, <laughs> MIT, the MIT brochure, uh, yeah. it had all the sailboats on the Charles. I don't even know Boston. Yeah. Right. The Charles that connects yeah. yes. And that was just the brochure. And when I saw it, because I, I had to choose between Yale, Harvard, or MIT. Once I saw it, I said, this is the school I'm going to. That was, wow. a, that was a subtle flex look. <laughs> subtle flex. Yeah, subtle yes. flex. <laughs> that, that was, yeah. I said, this is the okay. school I'm going to. But funny story, actually. This is a funny story. Okay. So, 
you know, my friends, a lot of them were Harvard, and I'll tell them, you know, let's get, let's go and let's sing. And they're like, yeah, no, we are this Uimbo man. <laughs> so I said, okay, you know, I'm leaving you, but I'm going to go and let's sing. So I went to both house, I, I, I learned, and I became good at it. And then we'll go clubbing, right? And then I'll be there talking to the lady, and I'll say, you know, let me take you sailing tomorrow. Mad. And that's always, that always went down mm, very well. Mad. Where's my notes part? And, I, and I, I, I write down. You know I, what? And my friends, my friends, my friends will be like, it never failed. And my friends will be looking at me like, God damn, man, we should have followed this guy and go sail. And so now, so then, they now up, up their game. So they were talking like, let's go sailing tomorrow. Mm. But guess what? I was the one that always had to <laughs> be the one to sail. So I was the third wheel in that. So that was messing up their <laughs> yeah. mind. So they now said, you know what? Okay, let us now learn let's sailing. Wow. Mad. So now they went, they came, my friend, I'm not going to say his name, okay. but he came, <laughs> he, came, he came sailing. So if sailing, it's not the speedboat. Yeah, 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 of course. Thing. It's like yeah. a cruising. Proper, like, yeah. proper dinghy. You have to know you your do, way You do it in Lagos? No, I have not. Okay, now, so they just uh, my own personal request. Please add sailing to your yes. Lagos campaign. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, so, right. so, so you have to turn into the wind. Right. So your jibe does not go violent. Yes, 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 yes. So he mistakenly, so he was learning, mistakenly turned like this. And then the boat just started spinning. Hit his head. He lay down flat. Wow. After I said, I'm not doing this <laughs> on the game. You'll be driving us. You'll be driving us. <laughs> it's not the problem. What the actual will happen outside the As boat. Right, so I just... Right. So I, I, like, <laughs> I would have not against that, but yeah, I like that. So, um, last right. last question. I think we yeah, have one so more question. Yeah, yeah. We've heard already why they should vote for you, but from your own mouth now, why should people vote for you now? Because from I'm going to deliver a legal state that works for you. I'm going to deliver a legal state that when you wake up in the morning at 7.30, you can get to work for 8. A legal state that is transparent and open. You're not going to have to be looking for how government is spending money mm. in lagos state that when you get a bridge for four naira it actually costs four naira not um 16 naira right so we're going to be operating at times four what apc is currently doing because most of the bridges that they are giving you cost four times the price that actually takes to get done right we're going to open up our open up our books we're going to create an enabling environment for the private sector to get involved and we are a government of platforms mm. innovation the government does not need to build everything yeah mm. you can create platforms for young people and for the to private and public sector to invest in i'll give you an example we need to change all the downfalls in Lagos states we need about seventy thousand downfalls yeah to replace all of them now the state government does not need to buy all of that but we can create a platform that is selling seats on each of these buses yes. and then you can have 50k and you're investing in that i'm making my money off everything. yeah and then every month the state pays you mm. and in that we've raised a pool of money that has been able to help us buy all these buses yeah and also is creating wealth for as many people as possible mm. right so it's a government of platforms a government of systems not a government of projects right so everything must be layered and connected so you can actually feel good governance you see someone said to me that you know when you really when when there's security it's not something you see it's something you feel yeah, yes i agree so these people they always do do the road and it's almost like they're angry that they're doing the road so you must suffer that they're doing the road <laughs> so you must suffer in traffic as and watch them do the work they they want you to see it must you be understand daytime. it must yep. be daytime but look at china they work overnight, overnight weekends. their so priority is to minimize the inconvenience to the people yeah. Right, and that's what we are going to be focused on, okay. you know. So that's that's what we're going to deliver: quality governance that is constantly looking to create an enabling environment, fight poverty, ensure that your life, your business flourishes. All right. So, yeah. well, we well, heard it from the horse's mouth. Great, great, great episode. Where can the people find more information yes, about GRV you? Lagos on Twitter, on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. okay. And GRV right. Lagos on website. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll follow you right now. <laughs> At least for the people that are on streets too, you also see his 
flyer also architect of lagos that's <laughs> yeah. that, that that's what stood out to me but yeah all right so thank you so much thank for you so much thank you. this thank has been you. amazing obviously really to you guys that have been watching thank you guys as usual make sure you subscribe to all our audio platforms spotify apple music youtube everything another great episode make sure you go out and vote if you have your pvc yes uh, michael scenario yeah and i'm very welcome Koya. And, and until next time yeah thank you